office box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away what's that hand off his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and I want to say first thank you to Arwolf for filling in last week. Always fills it up quite fully. This is a show about food, Pandora's Lunchbox is, and I'm here now with Amy C2. Hi, Amy. Hi, Mike. Uh, Glad to have you back again. You've been on the show to help us learn about Chinese New Year and other things. I'm glad to be back. Well, uh, something's going on June 1st. Third, actually, June 3rd, that uh, I'm very interested in. Something that's been a tradition in Chinese culture for a long time. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening in Ann Arbor on June 3rd? Oh, um, at uh, 10.30 in Argo Park livery, uh, there will be uh, people gathering there for the Dragon Boat Festival, Uh sponsored by the Chinese American Society of Ann Arbor. And actually, people can just rent their own canoe and bring their own picnics. And uh, if you are a member, then the, uh, the event is free. And if you're not a member, you can pay $10 um, for the, to participate. Okay. And we go row the boat down to uh, Gallup Park. And then we'll have a picnic, and we'll have the special food zongzi there. Zongzi. Okay. Uh, first of all, what is a Dragon Boat Festival, and how old is the tradition? Where does it come from? Well, um, Chinese uh, have been celebrating the Dragon Boat Festival since uh, 278 B.C. So I was counting. Yeah, so it's about 2,028 years. (laughs) So it's a long time. And so the the special food, zongzi, has a long history, too. And um, on that day, many things happen. And actually, that is the fifth day of the fifth lunar month. Oh, okay. And uh, for Chinese, that's the beginning of the summer. And um, the dragon boat uh, started uh, more than 2,000 years ago when the uh, patriotic poet Qu Yuan drowned himself when he heard that his capital, Chu, the state of Chu, was captured by the enemies. And um, and he was sad to know that his king was captured and was killed uh, because uh, the king did not listen to his advice. Oh. And so he drowned himself. The poet gave the king advice? Yes. And um, the what, pe- what was the advice, if you can... Uh, advice, advice to uh, be a, uh, not to go to uh, the, the other side. Oh. Uh, go to the enemy territory. Oh, okay. Okay. The en- enemy is the state of Qin. Now, at that time, it's called Warring States. Um, the um, this whole China is uh, full of little states, and they're fighting uh, against each other. And Chu's enemy is Qin, okay. and the Qin eventually united all China, and that. The descendant is was the first emperor of China of terracotta soldier fame. Oh wow! So okay. yes, so true. Uh, 
the state of Chu had no leg to stand on. You know, and that's a very aggressive Qin people. Mm. So um, I don't know. Eventually, the whole China will be devoured by the Qin. So <laughs> <laughs> but when he drowned himself, um, people who loved him very much um, started rowing the boat, trying to find his body, um, but his body was never found. And so that's how we started the uh, uh, boat competition, Dragon Boat Festival. Wow. And at the same time, and people uh, threw rice in uh, bamboo sections and hoping that fish would not eat Chuan's body. Wait, let's see if I can understand this. Now, they took... They sliced off sections of bamboo uh-huh. and put rice inside? Yeah. Okay. That's what we were told, but, but that's not what we're doing now. Now, if, I'm sorry, if I can just make sure I understand that. Is that to distract the fish from his body? Yes. Okay. I think well, I got it. Yeah, but then some other people said, no, this is just to uh, to remember him, like us um, offer food. To his soul. Oh, okay. So you can, you, you know, 2,000 years ago, we don't know what people mm-hmm. were thinking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the food continued. Mm-hmm. And um, now, instead of food section, it's a, a bamboo sections. It's The rice is actually wrapped in bamboo leaves. Mm-hmm. So the rice will have some bamboo flavor. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then it could be savory. Zongzi. Z-O-N-Z-I, or sweet zongzi. You know, mm. the ingredients are a little bit different. Okay. And I see we've got some in front of us in the studio. They're a little bit far away from the mics, but I'm sure we can do some stretching and whatever we have to do. Um, and I guess the bamboo leaves, they're, they're wrapped up in an, in an interesting package shape with a few uh, pieces of string around them to wrap them up. Looks like a nice little package, maybe something you'd carry on a trip. Yes, uh, at the time, um, people didn't have refrigeration, and this is a very good way to uh, keep rice, cooked rice, for a long time. And it's airtight. After it's cooked, it's wrapped. You know, it's summer, and uh, if you keep it airtight, you can keep it for a few days. Oh, okay. Okay. And the shape is uh, very interesting. When I show uh, the zongzi to one of our friends, Tad, and he immediately said, ah, this is in tetrahedron shape. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's a new word for me. Uh-huh. And I looked it up in the dictionary. It means three triangles, uh, four triangle shapes. Mm-hmm. In, uh, one, in one package, one little in, package. And, yeah. yeah, and it's actually four corners. There are four corners, but three uh, um, uh, triangles, but f- four triangles together. Mm-hmm. And this is made of food, which is something, if you can imagine that, if you're listening, it's it's the sh- the bamboo leaves, which are a uh, kind of a cocky green color, are shaped in the tetrahedron shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, according to Tad Rosa, our friend, and he said that this is the most stable shape. And uh, if you put a lot of these in one box, they will not be crushed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then they will maintain this shape. And I thought it was interesting, more than 2,000 years ago, a Chinese already knew they what's knew. the best shape. 
and it's not easy to uh, to wrap. Actually, I tried. It looks uh, a little challenging. Yeah, I I on Tuesday I tried to make some. It's not easy. You know, <laughs> at least not for me. So, um, I'm I don't have a skillful hands. So, uh, so that's something to look at, and also different people from different provinces will have different ingredients inside. Okay. You know, some will have a pork and um, peanuts and. And uh, some, you know, the sweet ones will have um, bean paste and maybe sweet dates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different different people have different choices mm-hmm. depending on the local ingredients, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the Dragon Boat Festival, which is going to be celebrated in Ann Arbor on Saturday morning, and about songsu, mm-hmm. okay, which is the food that we're talking about. Uh, do you have any personal experiences with Songsu growing up? Do you have memories of that, or just uh, is it something? Oh you yes, can... yes, and you know, of course, uh, um, I never participated in the rowing. Uh, I was always in the audience, a uh, spectator, mm-hmm. watching uh, boats rowing down the river with a dragon head at the bow of the boat mm-hmm. and a man beating the drum at the end of the drum. Uh, at the end of the boat, so everybody can wow. be synchronized <laughs> in their rowing. And it was very colorful. You have colorful uh, flags in the front of the bo- uh, boat, and uh, people would wear different uh, colorful team uniform, just like basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, so I took it for granted uh, growing up in Taiwan. And the first time I went to China in 1985, um, people in southern China were excited about this uh, Dragon Boat Fest- Festival. Mm-hmm. And turned out the government um, in China did not allow people to have the celebration for many years. And uh, in 1985, that local government decided, yes, you can celebrate now. So oh, okay. everybody <laughs> was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so the the regional government in in southern China, or? I guess I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or the whole China, I have no idea. And why anybody would not want to celebrate? So yeah, you know, it's not very political. Yeah. And uh, in fact, in North America, where uh, there are a lot of Chinese uh, in cities where there are a lot of Chinese, um, Dragon Boat Festival is a big thing. Uh, I have seen pictures from San Francisco. Uh, Toronto, and and I was even uh, told that in Colorado there's a big celebration, ah. and um, uh, different parts of uh, Canada, um, uh, Stratford, Regina. I mean, mm. it's a I, you know, I didn't expect to have a lot of Chinese in that part of Canada, but apparently there are enough interest in there. Not, you know the. People who row the boat are not necessarily Chinese. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be Chinese to celebrate mm-hmm. uh, the Dragon Boat Festival. <laughs> and uh, now on in Argo Park, mm-hmm. that's where it's taking place. Uh, I imagine it'll probably be a little bit different than some of the traditional ways of doing it. Oh it? yes, mm-hmm. we simplified. There's no dragon head. Mm-hmm. But we rent the canoes from the park. And uh, you pay your own way, and then at the 
um, and Gallup Park, when you finally get to Gallup Park, and then you eat the food you bring and, and um, get a prize and have a some prize. zones. The you know, prize you, and zones. Are, I mean. Yeah, if you win, if you're the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, last year, I, I participated in the rowing for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the river, Huan River, was so shallow. Oh. I had to got, we had to get out of the uh, boat and to push. Um, oh, my, no. <laughs> my nephew was visiting me, and so we were, we had one canoe together, and, and we had to jump out, and one time we had drowned. Oh. And good thing the water was not very high, so <laughs> uh, we were not drowned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I saw somebody fall out of their canoe once at Gallup Park, and they just stood up. And, Wait, <laughs> I guess right. that is shallow, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. So this is a much smaller scale celebration. Uh, how, I hope we'll get bigger later if it catches on. Sure. and But there will be Zongse. Yes. And there will be a prize for the uh, fastest uh, can, uh, canoe. Yeah, that's right. And uh, last year, um, I remember the first prize went to Robert Treadway. So, and he speaks perfect Chinese, but he's oh, okay. not Chinese. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, won the, he and his teammate uh, won the first prize. Oh. And how long has it, can you tell me how long the Chinese American Society of Ann Arbor has been sponsoring the uh, Dragon Boat Festival here? Uh, I think we just started in 2002. So okay. it's, it's a very uh, short history in Ann Arbor. Well, hopefully it'll have a, a big future, though. <laughs> That's right. Thank okay. you. Well, uh, you want to just reiterate quickly the Dragon Boat Festival, where it is? Again, it's at Argo Park. Livery. Ar- mm-hmm. Argo Park livery, okay, mm-hmm. and it's at 10:30 a.m. is when the race begins. Ten, well, it takes a time to you know to rent the boat. Um, probably by the time we're ready to go, it's 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, probably takes I don't know takes an hour to get to. Uh, it depends on the water condition and how fast you can row. Uh, a certain point you have to carry uh, the canoe. And walk. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and walk is um, step, uh, a few steps, and you get and start again. Again, you know, listeners who are familiar with the R- R- Huron River will know what I'm talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else comes to mind? Oh yes, these songs are. We're looking at it right now, mm-hmm. actually. It- well, I would like to um, share the news that um, some of the songs were um, made and wrapped by a lady from China, and she is almost 90 years old. Wow. And her name is Ye Jinggao, and her zongzi is beautiful, perfect. Mm. And and I'm just to show that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can continue to make zongzi. Definitely. To continue the 2,000-year-old uh, tradition. Wow. Now, so when you open the tsongsa, which just to reiterate for those who are tuning in, is uh, surrounded by bamboo leaves in a tetrahedron shape, but looks very natural in that shape nonetheless, and wrapped with string, uh, and the uh, bamboo leaves are uh, kind of a cocky color. Mm-hmm. You, so first you, you wrap, unwrap the string, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, You want to start it? Sure, let's uh, start it now. Or, Stepping a little away from the microphone, but oh, it's unwrapping, and it's very moist on the inside of the bamboo leaves. And inside is some very nice-looking uh, rice. 
paste with. That looks like peanuts are in that one there. Yes, and stuffed with uh, Chinese mushroom, probably oh, wow. some uh, pork. Yeah. And now you notice the uh, rice remain very uh, white, but in other kinds of zongzi, um, people put soy sauce over so the rice will be brown. Oh, okay. So they'll I put do. it in first before they yeah. uh, mm-hmm. wrap it up? Okay, and so there are different colors, different kinds of songsa. Um, what I'm going to do right now is take a, a short break with some music, and this uh, the only connection really to what we've been talking about is the fact that we've been talking about the Dragon Boat Festival and about rivers, and rivers have fish in them, and this is a song by Dolly Parton called Something Fishy. <laughs> And I uh, found this in Nebraska, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my trip to Nebraska in a moment. But in the meantime, Dolly Parton was just 21 years old when she wrote this song and recorded it. There must be something she So that's Dolly Parton when she was 21, her first album, I believe, called Hello, I'm Dolly. And she wrote that, Something Fishy. She was feisty from the beginning, and, well, she still is. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we've just opened up some songsu. Uh, and uh, Amy C2 has opened that up for us. And what's interesting about the contents, they've retained the tetrahedron shape. Um, it's interesting to look at different cultures, and although different kinds of food might be very different, they also have similarities. I think of a little bit of tamales, in a way, which are wrapped in corn husks or uh, sometimes plantain husks. We had a guest recently, um, uh, Sylvia, from Pilar's Cafe, wrapping tamales in plantain husks, which was more of a uh, Salvadorian way of doing it. Now we have the tsongtse, which is wrapped in uh, the bamboo husks or the leaves, and... And uh, what's that? And the rice it takes up the bamboo smell. Yes, I can definitely smell that really nice smell, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. 
Some of the rice is very smooth, like just one single smooth surface. And some of it, you can definitely see the rice, not granules, but I guess the pieces of rice very mm. definitely. Yeah, and, and I would say this is a definitely, absolutely biodegradable packaging. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so yeah. there really is no downside at all to this. I mean, it's food, which is always good, but uh, no downside. Well, I suppose I could maybe try to eat a little bit, you think? Uh, this is yeah, the, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. This is what what's in this one here. Now, you listeners also can eat along if you you go to the web at wcb.org. You can eat it as well. Oh, I'm supposed to use a fork. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, I didn't bring chopsticks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is peanut and also um, mushroom. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's a subtle but rich flavor at the same time. Uh-huh. Thank you. Well, I think we've... Uh, anything else you'd like to add about uh, Song Sir or the Dragon Boat Festival? Or what do you think? Just, uh, well, I would like uh, our audience to come join us Saturday morning at 10.30 at um, Argo Park. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay. Or you can stop by Gallup Park to have some zongzi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the boats have raced to Gallup Park. Right. <laughs> great. Well, I think now I'd like to spend a little time talking about my trip to Nebraska. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I'm looking straight at here, speaking of food, I have a license plate here, Nebraska, the beef state. (laughs) This is, uh, let me see if I can bring this, uh, uh, here it comes, here it comes, up to the microphone. This is serious, this is a license plate, Nebraska, the beef state. And Nebraska had the beef state license plate, from the mid-50s to the mid-60s, and I was lucky to get a 1963 vintage thereof. And when I was in Nebraska, well, see, my parents live in Omaha, so that's the short of why I'm there. The state of Nebraska is actually named after the Platte River, from the French meaning broad river. The Omaha Indians also called the river Eboapka. I hope that's close enough. I hope that is correct enough, also meaning broad river. In 1842, John Charles Fremont used the word Nebraska in referencing the Platte River, and this was the name that was given to the territory when it was created in 1854. And uh, visited my friend Rachel there, and she said what she really wanted to do was put her feet in the Platte River and actually re- just you know cool off her toes there. Uh, the Platte River is a river that starts in Colorado, so when you mentioned that there is a Dragon Boat Festival in Colorado, yeah. I thought to myself, I wonder if it's, if it's on the Platte River. I, I I'll find out. It could be. Mm-hmm. And the water from the mountains in, in, in Colorado come down from the Platte River, and they flow through Nebraska. So the river depends on the flow of the snow from Colorado. Oh, I see. So I'm way out in eastern Nebraska, which is quite a ways from Colorado, but I'm trying to dip my toes in it and trying to find it. I went to a couple of state parks that my friend went to, and neither one had any access to it. Because in Nebraska, I wish I could get the right figure, but 90 to 95% of the land is owned privately oh. in Nebraska. Oh, That's a pretty serious amount of land. Yeah, It's hard to get to the rivers. I went to a park called the, or actually I tried to get to a park called the Platte River State Park. Something about the name made me think perhaps that I could get to the Platte River mm-hmm. in the Platte River State Park. Uh, but I was told at a gas station that actually the Platte River is separated by the park by a, by a railroad. So this is getting more complicated. Just to enjoy nature can be tricky sometimes. <laughs> I did finally uh, find in the town of Louisville, Nebraska, a park that connected to a lake and another lake, and one of them said Lake Two, and it was pointing to us. I said, this is Lake Two, luxurious Lake Two. Hmm, okay. 
Then in the distance I saw, through the trees, there was a shining on the water, and I found the Platte River. And I managed to squeeze my way through a trail and down to a part of the river where I could sort of sit on a muddy, dirty, bird-poopy area and stick my toes in it. It wasn't very luxurious or romantic, but I got my feet in the Platte River. Wow. <laughs> so I have to say I was kind of proud. <laughs> Extremely but kind of proud. Of I that. can see that a dragon boat festival will now go to Nebraska soon. No, probably not. <laughs> well, there might be parts of the Missouri River along Omaha, uh-huh. the, except that once again, that's that's a place where it's kind of hard to get to. Something something is strange about the world. <laughs> that's all I can say. Now, also, just want to mention that I saw a few wild turkey when I was in Nebraska. Mm. At a there was a botanical gardens in Omaha. Oh, that's good. Where I saw some wild turkey. And now they weren't the massive, you know, light yellow colored wild turkey with the with the large, uh, you know, breasts that are manufactured by the industry that are just really huge and, and scary. Um, although sometimes they taste okay. They're skinny? Uh, they're smaller. They're almost, I mean, they almost look like they could be related to pheasants or something like that. Oh. I mean, they're smaller. They're, they have a dark colored with, with a few pretty touches of maybe red and other colors in there. And they were just under the tree, relaxing, feeding. And I have here, because this so inspired me, Benjamin Franklin's letter comparing the eagle and the turkey. It's been said that Benjamin Franklin thought the turkey should be the national symbol instead of the eagle. And some people thought of these big butterball turkeys rolling down the the hill or something and how bizarre that was. But wild turkeys are smaller and, and beautiful. So here's Benjamin Franklin. For my own part, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. You may have seen him perched on some dead tree near the river, where, too lazy to fish for himself, he watches the labor of the fishing hawk. And when that diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing it to his nest for the support of his mate and young ones, the bald eagle pursues him and takes it from him. With all this injustice, he is never in good cause, but like those among men who live by sharping and robbing, he is generally poor and often very lousy. Oh, this is, I don't know if we, the FCC could get on my case about this. Yeah, this is serious. <laughs> Besides, he is a rank coward. The little kingbird, not bigger than a sparrow, attacks him boldly and drives him out of the district. <laughs> he is therefore by no means a proper emblem for the brave and honest Cincinnati of America who have driven all the kingbirds from our country. This note here says that he may have been somewhat tongue-in-cheek in, in, his, in his phrasing, but uh, the Society of the Cincinnati was formed after the American Revolution. That's what he's referring to. I am on this account not displeased that the figure is not known as a bald eagle, but looks more like a turkey. For the truth, the turkey is in comparison a much more respectable bird, and withal a true original native of America. He is besides, though a little vain and silly, <laughs> I can relate to that, a bird of courage and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British guards who should presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin on the Honorable Turkey. I don't know how I get on these these uh, tangents. I, I don't quite understand. You're ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready for Thanksgiving in June. <laughs> it is June, in fact. Uh, but I hope you've enjoyed my little confusing trip to the to the beef state. And thank you, Amy C. Two, for telling us about the boat the Dragon Boat Festival coming up this weekend at Argo Park and Gallup Park, and sharing the songs with me and my listeners, who I'm sure have enjoyed it too. And uh, we're winding down now. Our wolf is getting ready to help us face the music on Pandora's Lunchbox. But in the meantime, what we want to do is play you a song that I think exemplifies the whole travel spirit. And I've Been Everywhere is a great song. Johnny Cash's version has become more famous lately. But Rolf Harris, 
He of England, who sometimes acts as if he's from Australia, and it's all very confusing, nonetheless has done a version of it that I think typifies something. So we're going to round out with Rolf Harris, I've Been Everywhere. Thanks again, Amy, and uh, thank you for letting me be Mike, everybody. Thank you, Mike. And this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Take it, Rolf. Well, I've been everywhere. I was driving my mini motor way down by the sea When a scruffy looking hitchhiker thumbed a lift from me I said, hop up inside boy, where did you plan to go from there? He says, I don't give a continental cuddle boy Cause I've been everywhere One, two, one, two, three, four I've been everywhere man, I've been everywhere man Never a trouble or care man, I've never paid me fair man And I've travel I've had me share man, I've been everywhere been to Bradford, Guildford, Doxford, Little Hannah, Bedford, Cheapford, Hereford, Wolverhampton, Shrewsbury, Canterbury, Yalesbury, Liverpool, Scunthorpe, Sandthorpe, Mablethorpe, Potterpool, Whitehall, Blackwall, Milton, Old Devonport, Newport, Southport, Stockport, Highsport. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Never a trouble or care, man. I've never paid me fair, man. And I've travelled, I've had me share, man. I've been everywhere. Peter Farnborough, Edinburgh, Peterborough, Felixstowe, Middlesbrough, Lionsborough, Scarborough, Waltham, Blackburn, Lisbon, Bannockburn, Lanarkshire, Wickham, Glasgow, Hounslow, Tipperary, Hampstead, Wanstead, Vansett, Woodstock, Basrock, Belrock, Tuberdock, Watchercock. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. And never a trouble or care, man. I've never paid me fair, man. And I've travelled, I've had me share, man. I've been everywhere. Change gear. <laughs> Been to Weymouth, Yarmouth, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Lewisham, Faversham, Petersham, Chesterfield, Lands End, Marlin, South End, Burgundy, Birmingham, Nottingham, Gillingham, Hollyhead, Cambridge, Tunbridge, Nicebridge, Borsett, Zedgeware, Rossware, Carthes, who cares? I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Never a trouble or care, man. I've never paid me fair, man. Enough travel, I've had me. Share, man, I've been everywhere. I've been to... Hey, this is difficult. I've been to Clan Dudno, Clan Ashley, Clan Fairpool, Squingy, Go Gary, Warrandrop, Wishman. No, it's no use. I'll never get those Scottish place names in a million years. Let's get back to the English version. Been to Westminster, Southminster, Kidderminster, Akron, and the Eastbourne, Southbourne, City, Montpellier, Bolton, Painton, Stockton, Inverness, Renwick, Brunswick, Chiswick, Dungeness, Mansfield, Sheffield, Enfield, Newcross, Kings, Cross, Charing Cross, Banbury Cross, Deadlocks. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Never a trouble or care, man. I've never paid me fair, man. And I've travelled, I've had me. Share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been here, there, everywhere. I've been everywhere. Thanks, Mike. That was delicious. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and here's the thrilling sequel. This is by Mojo Nixon. In fact, this, for about four or five minutes or so, is our national anthem. Let's go. When I look out into your eyes out there, when I look out into your faces, you know what I see? I see a little bit of Elvis in each and every one of you out there. Let me tell you, Burger. 
Elvis isn't everybody out there. Everybody's got Elvis in them. Everybody except one person that is. <laughs> 